welcome back to the Veterans Radio Show. We want to wish everyone a very happy new year. We're already a few days into it, but we want to wish our veterans, military families, and all of really everyone a happy new year. Uh, my name is Shelly Harrison. I'm your host, and we're here with the Veterans Radio Show, and we talk with heroes in action. We have a wonderful guest today who you're going to meet shortly, and I am excited because I've met him before, and it's a really interesting topic. So we'll we'll kind of get into the interview here in just a moment. Uh, I want to make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, watch us. We love your live questions. So if you have any questions that you would like to ask our guest or just simply ask questions, we're here for you. Uh, I want to thank our backstage uh, team. We have Joseph Molina, who is our executive director of the National Veterans, uh, actually the National Veterans uh, Chamber of Commerce and also of the radio network. And we have Jimmy behind the scenes who always orchestrates so well and keeps us on track with this show. And we have Dolly Rivera, who is also my co-host, and you'll see either Dolly or I, depending on, you know, depending on the flow of the show. Uh, so we want to give uh, Dolly a shout out. Happy New Year, Dolly, and I hope to see you soon, too. Uh, so our guest today is Greg Carson, and he is a patent attorney and biomedical engineer. And he also is from, he, he spent time in the military with the actual U.S. Uh, Air Force for 13 years. So we'll, we'll meet him in just a moment. Uh, but I want to tell you about him. Greg is a patent attorney licensed to practice before the United States, United States Patent and Trademark Office in patent cases. He is a biomedical engineer, like I mentioned. Gregory owns and operates Carson Patents, a patent services firm. And Greg has been working with the latest new human technology since 1986 when he joined the US Air Force. And like I mentioned, he was there for 13 years as a clinical uh, engineering officer. Uh, Carson Patents is a certified disabled veteran uh, own business. So without further ado, I want to bring on Greg. Hello, Shelly. How are you? Hi, Greg. I'm doing <laughs> wonderful and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're kind of in, we're both in California, so we're on the same time zone. Uh, but I, uh -huh. I definitely <laughs> would love to have you just share a little bit about yourself and who is the man behind your company? Well, um, I, actually, I'll clarify one point you made. We're actually a service-disabled veteran-owned business. I'm a service-disabled veteran, and that let us get that, that verification oh, through the yes. VA, right? Thank um, you. Thank you for mentioning that. We appreciate that. I appreciate that, it. Yeah, they, they, they probably don't deal much with patent attorneys. They haven't so far, right? Because it's a different kind of thing. When you invent something, either it belongs to the company that you work for already, or you want to keep it secret from everybody. <laughs> so that that's yeah. one of the reasons I got into this was the, the enormous cost of getting patent services. We, I know, I mean, I'm a patent attorney. We are the most expensive legal service there is for good reason. If you get a patent, it's a new constitutional right, right? Equivalent to your right to bear arms or vote or anything else is just for your invention, controlling the making, using and selling of it. I kind of got into it in part for that. We, myself my, uh, and some co-inventors 20 or so years ago were six figures into a patent firm in San Francisco. 
And the patent office contacted me and said, you know, you have something here. We just think your patent attorneys are messing this up. So if you come, if you come do this yourself, we'll help you. So I actually enabled my own first patent. <laughs> oh my goodness. And that's, and that's how I ended up doing this. And yeah. doing this has very little to do with the lawyer thing. It has much more to do with the engineering thing. Patents are something lawyers actually aren't qualified to do. There is that special license that you mentioned up front. Right. It's it is specialized. that sort of thing yeah. that, that it, it's useful in that that sort of tight little space lets me deal with. I'm, I, I call them my people. I'm one of the crazy inventors, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that's the only thing we really have in common. We have people all over the world that, that do that. But the reason and the whole thing behind this was I was an inventor myself and just didn't feel like I was getting the service I was should have been getting for the amount of money we were paying. So we try to do better than that. <laughs> oh, most definitely. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who will be watching and, you know, either they have an invention or they have something, you know, that they would love to be able to just get it out there. So in simple terms, tell us what a patent is, just so for the, you know, sake of okay. people understanding what a patent is and, and how to use it. Okay, there's, I'm, I'm going to actually go a little broader at first for a particular reason it sets the stage. Property is property. There's three different kinds. Mm -hmm. Personal property, real property, and intellectual property. Personal property, your car, $50,000 worth of damage. Your house, $500,000 worth of damage is a real property. Intellectual property can be many, many zeros more. And I, oh, yeah. I frequently use the example of Samsung paying Apple $517 million oh. a year because they violated their text patent for 17 oh. years. Oh, wow. oh my <laughs> so The scale of things is a little bit different, but it's property in that sense, right? We tell mm -hmm. our inventors to think of it as 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 personal federal property but it's a grant it's a constitutional right it comes from article one section eight clause eight of the constitution it's a brand new constitutional right created the yeah, simple answer is this yeah. the, the answer that you were looking for is this it's the right to control the making using and selling of your invention that every court in the country and the world will support yeah you know that's I, what I it remember, is <laughs> yeah no and and that's a very good explanation and you know i recall and and this is going way back a few years ago or a lot of years ago um i was kind of told by it and i want to say it, it was a patent attorney they said that whatever your invention is you know write it up if you have you know a script or not a script but like a an outline of your item or whatever you've invented send it to yourself via mail and do not open it and it, now is that still the case or or is that's it just actually never been the case oh okay that's never been true what you're what yeah. you're talking about is a thing that's referred to as the poor man's patent you are documenting oh. that you invented it by mailing a copy of it to yourself yeah it, it doesn't grant you any rights of patent or anything else and the thing that it could have served would have been a copyright sort of purpose which is accomplished by your publishing it in the first place yeah. so there is actually no such thing as a as a as a poor man's patent where you mail it to yourself <laughs> and don't open it then you're protected. well that wouldn't be the only thing you know you just have to right. go all the protocols of, of getting the patent right yeah and, and and so that's really kind of what it comes down to is people do do that kind of thing by submitting mm -hmm. their package of materials we call them inventors notebooks right as, as yeah. crazy inventor people have little notebooks we keep our little sketches and stuff in right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they send copies of that stuff to the patent office in the form of an application and, and ask for it to be a provisional 
if you have the parts that look like uh, specification drawings and and the details they'll say okay but a provisional patent is really nothing more than a, a, a place in line for 12 months for you to file an actual application that's, yeah that's the the length of time so when somebody has an invention mm -hmm. what is the first step okay through what I call a five-step process because the okay. first yeah, thing you need to do is go look. Yeah, that step one is prior art search. You go look to see if somebody else out there has done it. We have on Carson Patton's our article, um, we have an article on how to do a search and it walks you yeah. through different search engines using keywords and, and phrases and things to look for. On Google other, and in different places. There, there are four special patent databases in the world. Google has one, the USPTO has one, the World Intellectual Property Office has one, and the UK Patent Office has one that we offer to people as free resources. Yeah. But it's not just the patent applications and patents that have to be searched, it's the internet as whole. I'll give you an example. We found a 12 second description of an inventor's invention in the middle of a two minute video on fishing. Oh my goodness. But the person at that time basically spelled out what this inventor's thing was in about 12 seconds, which longer hmm. could he get a patent for it? So, the, but the first thing you do is go look to see if there's something else out there. If there's not, and, and it is patentable, we I do a patentability study. When I when I file an application, I have what's called a reasonable, good faith based belief that yeah. what I'm filing is allowable. I know that by looking in the prior art to see what else is out there to see if it has been claimed or if it's obvious. Yeah. That's the second step is figuring out is it patentable. Right. If it's not out there and it is patentable, now we write an application for it. Hmm that's the super expensive part right that first part mm -hmm. you probably get that done for one to three thousand dollars depending on which kind of patent attorney you talk to but the writing of the patent application itself is usually in the four to six thousand dollar range and that doesn't yeah. include responses to things later yeah we, we just had a question come through about the cost because i think that's a lot of people really want to know and even on a provisional patent is you know okay. maybe you can so, see that well, those two separate issues, but they're related in this way. I have a tendency, and I'm not necessarily, about half of patent practitioners do it my way and half do it the other way. Mm -hmm. I will always do the search and patentability study first so that I know what I'm writing to get my way into. There are others that will just write for you, right? But filing an application is that expensive bit up front. Yeah. Um, if done right, I mean, once filed, your patent pending, and and off we go. Then we turn into what's called patent prosecution, and that's our step five. But the waters get a little clustery over there because mm -hmm. the patent examiners, while in truth they are very much on the exact same page as I am. In fact, I've had them call me just randomly saying, "I got a small change. Can we do this?" They're trying to allow it. It feels like they're not because they tear it apart which means when you get an application, you'll get an applicant. Most applications have some change necessary to it. It's that mm -hmm. prosecution part working with the patent office to get it worked out that becomes the issue. So writing an application and cost is connected to all of that in this way. Provisionals and non-provisionals are two separate applications. Mm -hmm. The difference between a provisional and a non-provisional is claims. Okay. A patent is 100% about its claims. So. If you put a provisional in that has doesn't have the language that supports what you need later for the claims when you file mm -hmm. your non-provisional, you could have trouble and end up with a new filing date anyway. 
the uh, the downs the, the downside that i like to point out about the provisional is you're going to pay me to write two applications when if we just spend a few more days we could write the whole thing up front and get it done right we can always change amend thing applications later sure. Yeah. But it's less expensive usually for us to go straight to the non-provisional, file the claim so that we have the support in the specification. There's no questions about the filing date, who was first or not first, because the dates are all complete. So I have a tendency to stray away from provisionals, like half of us do. The other half stray towards them. Yeah. <laughs> provisionals <laughs> are only less expensive because there's no claims. Mm, they're right okay. and 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 but the patent is about the claims so is that really the right i mean that's a decision that we make on an inventor by inventor basis yeah but i have a tendency not to want to charge you to write two let's just get it done with the first time and amend it if we need to yeah and we, we actually had a question come in patent versus secret ah trade secret can be way better much better mm -hmm. and so much cheaper you just cannot imagine how much cheaper it would be if you yeah. don't go i through through my firm it, it's in the in the eight to twelve thousand dollar range and from start to finish over that one to three years that it's going to take before we get finally finished with an issued patent and it's in your hands yeah um for Good veterans question, we do a 25 percent discount so it's less but go ahead oh, Sorry. okay because i was gonna <laughs> ask do you have a like for veterans do you offer a discount you know for helping them to get a patent? yes 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 you bet yeah i offer we really, offer a 25 percent discount we offer oh. a 25 percent discount to veterans and it's purely mm -hmm. because of i think i've mentioned to you before i was kind of upset about the six-figure payment i made to patent attorneys that messed oh. mine up <laughs> right <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah. it is that sort of case and as a service disabled veteran myself uh and since it's perfectly legal and allowable for us to discriminate and help our own kind a little better hey i'm in let's do this yeah <laughs> wow that's appreciated and uh another kind of tag on question would be how to control a trade secret okay non-disclosure agreements are really the only way so you building trust with the people is the only way right that it is the case where there's some very well held trade secrets even today and the the most infamous one is the google search algorithm how do you get oh. your website listed on google what are the 280 yeah. things or whatever it is what are those That's secret ingredients right exactly yeah. right that's yeah. a trade secret that is kept by um, Google under non-disclosure agreements with their employees controlled by intellectual property clauses and that kind of thing. But um, the truth is, eventually, those people usually find, you know, the, the KFC secret recipe is another trade secret that's been yeah. kept, right? The 13 secret spices. Well, mm -hmm. I think they've been identified now, maybe not in proportions, but it is the kind of thing that becomes increasingly difficult. And so the, the only real way to control it is to limit the number of people that have the information about the trade secret mm -hmm. to begin with. Or yeah. alternative, if it's a different mechanical process, sometimes it's easier for you to do that process for them and then give them back the thing so that they don't know how to do it at all. Yeah, no, that is fascinating because when you mentioned KFC and, you know, there are some other things out there where we'd love to know their secret, you know, like Pepsi, right. what's their secret to, you know, versus Coca-Cola. Exactly right. You know? So <laughs> it's all that branding and stuff. And, you know, when you when you really look at kind of what intrigues you about this industry, what do you most enjoy, Greg, when you help your your clients, what what's most in, important to you and, and how much do you enjoy it? 
I, 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 I'm a hundred percent retired. I do this out of my home. My entire team is a hundred percent remote. In fact, my primary patent paralegal and I have only been in the same state physically two times over oh. the years that we've been together. <laughs> yeah. She's wonderful, fantastic, but lives and works 2000 miles away. Oh that my gosh. I went on your website <laughs> and I saw your team. So yeah, very nice. Yeah. We're small and lean and now I've lost the question, Shelly, where was I going? So just, you know, how, how do you feel when you're helping people? Oh, what oh, does oh. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, do for you? <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we all, my whole team and I are here for the same reason. We like what's new. We like to to like to learn new stuff. It's every every single phone call cannot be predicted what the content's going to be. The inventions are all over the place. Yeah, but, I would but imagine for sure yeah. it's new, right? Nobody. Yeah. If it's if it, well, I got something I think I can just work. That's not what they call it. They call it new yeah. stuff. So we get to learn new stuff all the time. And I've, I, my one of my favorite parts about this is that, that I get to learn new stuff all the time. Yeah, but you know, and, and I look at I look at these you know products that are out there. You know, when you look at the post-it note, you know, look at how simple that is. But can you imagine the person that came up with that that invented post-it note? I, Exactly right. That's um, that's, that was done through 3M and there's there's less personal to that than you might imagine. But I'll have, I have an example for you. The gentleman in Alaska invented the two little bumps that you put on the corners of landscaping bricks so that they line up with each other. Mm. He got one cent per bump for the everybody worldwide. It was about $450,000 a month in income wow. i'm wow, inventing a incredible. simple little bump on a brick so that they would line up right isn't that oh my gosh that's <laughs> all that's, it takes this, you know just somebody having this epiphany or an idea you know exactly and, right yeah and quick question patent versus licensing what is the uh, you can't license you can't really license without a patent at least almost no one is going to be interested in it unless you happen to have a trade secret process that can't be replicated otherwise yeah in, or, in order to license something you have to have a right to control it in the first place patent copyrights and trademarks are all licensed but you need the original uh, intellectual property before you can license it as a general rule yeah yeah well this is all fascinating greg and and we'd love to find out how can the National Veterans Chamber of Commerce support you? Um, send inventors our way so we can help them at less cost than others. Oh, <laughs> we will certainly, you know, have you in our back pocket when it comes to patents. Hey, and, we're, we're here yeah. for, yeah, if, it, if it's a new idea or, or some crazy, hey, give us a call. We, we'd love to hear about it and we might be able to help you protect it. Yeah. Well, we, we just want to be involved and help where we can really is kind of what it's about. We don't, we're not looking for anything in particular. We're just trying to help where we can. And since it's this narrow little weird space that we know is expensive and complicated, I fit really good here. Yeah, this is this yeah. is what we can do. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, what would be ideal is if you could submit an article that talks about, you know, patenting or something, you know, that's really kind of uh, fascinating. Maybe that would be something that we could okay. put in our newsletter. Yeah, uh, give me yeah. a topic and we can do that. We write all okay. the time. Yeah, I would very and, much like to do that. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. And we, we can't wait to get that article. And last question. Do mm -hmm. you do trademarks? Uh, yes, you do. Um, yeah, uh, as a general rule, not for much more than our own inventors and things, because I do have a tendency to focus on the patents. Yeah. But it's an inventor. It's a it's a veteran's thing, too. Right. So if, if it's a veteran and all they need is a trademark, yeah, we'll do it. 
Um, somebody just popped up the cost for trademarks. Yeah. My, my cost, and in truth, my cost is going to be higher than some you'll be able to find. We charge average about $800 an application. Yeah. There's, I'm not just a regular attorney. I'm a patent attorney. My license to file trademarks is a side effect of my ability to file patents. And so it's mm -hmm. not something that I've focused on a lot other than it happens all the time <laughs> because yeah, yeah. inventors are always <laughs> trademarking new things that go with their stuff, right? So we do do it. Um, it's not nearly as expensive as you might imagine, and and yeah. also not nearly as as something you should jump on as you might imagine either. Usually, you're better off using it for a couple of years before we apply for a trademark. Just be sure you've registered as a doing business as within your state. Okay, absolutely great information. Can't <laughs> wait to get that newsletter. And you know, definitely, Greg, we want to salute you for your service too in the Air Force. Thank and you. thank you so much, you know, for your dedication. And and I know that uh, you know you had a 13-year career, and you mentioned that you were you were doing some construction, you know, before and after uh, in yeah. the military. I did. I built hospitals. I, I was a clinical engineer. Actually, the Air Force was just bringing in clinical engineers for the first time back in the 80s when I was brought in. I was one of the first 36 that they were brought in, which is why they used biomedical engineers to form clinical engineers. And the clinical engineers were there to just build the hospitals and install new medical equipment and stuff, which is yeah, what I did, but needed. kept me in the middle of... In, yeah, but I was right there inventing and wrote part of the software to create digital radiology. We moved from nice. film to digital when I was there and I made a contribution. So it was really mutually beneficial. The yeah. service was fantastic. I loved the Air Force. Yeah, that, that is wonderful. And we, again, we appreciate your service and uh, thank you for being on the show. We are happy, uh, you know, that everybody who joined us today, we definitely want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch us on multiple platforms. And we want to thank our guest, Greg Carson, who is a patent attorney and uh, gave some great information, you know, today about how to get started, where to, you know, where to look for that information, but definitely reach out to Greg. We'll make sure that his information is in, uh, in the chat with, you know, with this particular uh, episode. So thank you again to all of you who joined us today, and we wish you a wonderful new year of prosperity and just joy and go out there and make a difference. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.